Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen, I want to welcome to the program now uh, Chris Williams. He, with the Davis School District, is the Director of Communications, spokesperson for uh, the district. Mr. Williams, sir, how are you? I'm doing fantastically, and I think this is the first time I've been on live mic, so I appreciate your your uh, <laughs> invitation. Well, I'm I'm sorry for that. We we gotta you, you gotta get in more trouble out there at the school district. We'll have you on more often. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank uh, you for having me on. Tell me, you've got a you have a few circumstances playing out uh, at Davis that I want to hear about. You have some schools in soft closure. Let's talk about that, uh, and then I also want to hear about uh, the testing program that you have in place. Uh, right now, let's start with the, the the closures and what led to that. Sure. Well, you know, we follow the state guidelines. There's lots of great people who uh, have medical backgrounds and educational backgrounds. They've gotten together and established guidelines. The, the governor's office, the uh, state health department, the Utah State Board of Education has put together a handbook that we follow here in Davis School District. And, and those numbers that we focus in on are uh, if you've got three students who come down with COVID in a classroom, uh, we start the discussion, and that classroom should be quarantined. The, at a school level, if there's 15 cases in which uh, people have been have been diagnosed with COVID, we start the discussion, and uh, we look at the numbers, make sure they're accurate, and then we go into a soft closure. So that's the situation that we, we are facing today in many of our schools. How many how many schools do you have in that circumstance today? <clears throat> so we have nine traditional high schools in our school district. Uh, as of yesterday, we had Davis, Layton, Woodcross, Northridge, and Syracuse all on soft closure. Uh, Davis, Layton, and Woodcross all went on yesterday. Oh, excuse me. They be, they began today. Um, Northridge and Syracuse have been in there for a little while. They're going to return to classes um, in person on November 19th. Uh, Davis, Layton, and Woods Cross will return to class in person on Monday, November 30th. Uh, breaking news, uh, we have Bountiful and Viewmont High Schools also going into soft closure beginning tomorrow. So that means... Uh, of our traditional high schools, nine traditional high schools, seven of them will be in soft closure. Oh my! Next week, yeah. And, and the 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 most recent or the ones that uh, you said Bountiful and Viewmont to start tomorrow. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, and, yep. that'll, and and that'll be that'll be a two week uh, soft closure. It will, okay. yeah. Because and, and we benefit to a degree in that uh, we have Thanksgiving break coming up, so uh, most of the most of the schools that I just mentioned will be back uh, yeah. Monday, November thirtieth. You, you know, when when you say that, and I and I did, I was looking at the calendar, and I realized that that was going to be the case for uh, many uh, of the schools, not only in your district but elsewhere. That uh, that some of the some of the soft closure quarantine time would fall uh, over over the Thanksgiving break. It uh, it reminded me of something we always tried to avoid when I was young, and it was you never wanted to be sick on a snow day. <laughs> you never wanted to be sick on a snow day. <laughs> Right, <laughs> and, and you know those are for, you know, it's for the kids, of course, that enjoy the time off. Uh, but t- talk to me about spirits and, and education. H- how how are things going? How are spirits in the in the in the classroom these days amongst the students, uh, teachers, administrators? As there is so much back and forth, and, and so many uh, of the factors that impact the experience are in flux. Well, I think the first thing that I want to address is uh, the kids love to be in school. And and this will relate to some of the stats I'll share with you about our rapid testing that's going on. But the kids love to be in school. Uh, We've had two or three opening days that we, so to speak, in our, in our school year, Uh, there were, there were people who, let me turn off my phone here. That's all right. Sorry about that. Um, there were uh, a number of times where, where, where students uh, were, were going to school two days a week, and then they'd be online mm-hmm. three days a week. So uh, because of that, there were, there were students who some students hadn't seen since March. So when they came back to school, when we, re- we returned to four-day school, it was like the opening day. Half their friends all of a sudden showed up again. So it's been very interesting. It's been an interesting school year in regards to that. First, that happened at elementary level and then secondary level. So we really had three opening days. Um, the, the, the teachers are working really hard, no question about it. Without the teachers, we're out of business. Um, they are they are doing fantastic work. We also know without parents sending their students to school, we are out of business as well. Uh, parents are working extremely hard, no question about it. We have a we have a Davis Connect online school that has grown from oh gosh, just under ninety students in June to fifty eight hundred students now. That's been incredible. So that's how the landscape has changed in the district. Um, students are are glad to be in school. Teachers are working extremely hard, and and people who want that online uh, choice have certainly taken advantage of it. Very good. Uh, we're speaking with Chris Williams with the Davis School District. He uh, is spokesperson for the district, director of communications and operations there. Uh, you mentioned there briefly that you have a, a testing program in place. Uh, describe that for me, please. What are you doing? Sure. And this occurs because of the great relationship we have with the Davis County Health Department. We've been meeting with the health department since the last week in February, every week talking everything COVID. And a few weeks ago, Brian Hatch, the the director of the health department, in one of our meetings said, "Uh, there's a possibility I could get 10,000 test kits that will allow you to do rapid testing. Is this something that you think you could pull off? And we talked about it and came up with a plan to 
uh, use our school nurses. Of course, we don't have lots of school nurses, but we have very dedicated school nurses who have been trained by the Davis County Health Department in using these rapid tests. So we have a, a warehouse in the Freeport Center in Clearfield that Do we lose, uh, lose Mr. Williams there? Oh, shoot. Uh, what he's describing is the establishment of a rapid testing center there at the at the Freepoint Center in Clearfield. They they have this center running uh, Monday through Thursday, seven a.m. to to or, yeah seven a.m. to nine a.m. And I think we've reestablished our connection with Mr. Williams. Uh, sir, you back? I am. Thank you. Very good. Okay, so you have this center at the Freeport Center there in Clearfield. Uh, what else? What happens there? So so in in the center in. The center runs from seven to nine. Uh, typically, we the lines are long. Some people wait in lines for three hours, but but you just drive drive up. You take your turn. You drive into the uh, warehouse facility. The nurses there uh, give a rapid test to to either an employee or a student. And those individuals are only there because they received a letter saying that they have been put in quarantine. And on day seven, they can go to the center and get a rapid test. Now, really critical in this, in this whole situation is that they have to have no symptoms on the day of testing. And it has, they have to be tested on day seven. They can't come earlier because the reliability of those tests aren't going to necessarily be as accurate as we need. Right. Uh, at day seven, uh, there's an accuracy level of 70%, and that's an accuracy level that the state approves of. Mm-hmm. We follow the state's directions, and when we get those numbers, excuse me, wh- yeah, when we get those, those tests done, we share those numbers with the state. So when the state comes out with their daily numbers, the next day our numbers will also be included in, in the state's numbers. And, and if, a, if a student or teacher comes on that day seven uh, and they test negative, their quarantine time ends and they can return to the classroom under normal circumstances. Exactly. Yeah, this is, this is a great opportunity. Yeah. Their, their typical quarantine period is 14 days. Right. Uh, this cuts it in half. Outstanding. So the, the numbers I just want to share with you, Lee. In the past five days, and I'm not talking today because I haven't gotten these numbers yet, but past five days – we tested 360 individuals. Of those 360, only 10 tested positive. So 350 people were able to return back to school. That's so, huge. yeah, and, and the lines are evidence to me that people want to be back in school. If if they didn't want to, they don't have to come back at day seven. They can just stay at home until day 14 passes. Mm-hmm. But but our lines are long, and the people are working really hard to to provide this service. Chris Williams with the Davis School District. Thank you so much for your time and explaining to us what's going on in the district today. We'll speak again soon, I'm sure. Thanks, Lee. All righty. We're going to take a quick break. When we return, uh, the PTA is having some trouble. It's a unique problem. They're having trouble recruiting male participants. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. 
that's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.